Hello all, Huangde here, and it is Tuesday. I hope you're all having a good week so far, and I hope many of you are able to enjoy a shortened work week this week due to the New Year's holiday that's coming on the horizon here. So we're going to continue with our work on the word dokewei today, as well as adding in a little bonus material again on some word history. Now again, if you're just joining us, first of all, welcome. Super, super glad to have you here. And if you haven't already, I would highly advise listening to all of the previous episodes of this podcast because they all build on each other. You will get much more out of it if you start from the beginning and at least have some familiarity with the material. I promise you they're all relatively short and the content is very accessible. Um, these podcasts will stay up pretty much forever, so don't feel like you'll be missing out on anything if you don't listen to them on the day they come out. They'll be here when and if you want them. Okay, so with that, and in the interest of keeping these podcasts somewhat short, let's dig into our language portion for the day. Now, we're in our work with the word dokewehi. We have learned that the first person, I am hungry, is doinkewehi. The second person, singular, you are hungry, is donikewehi. Third person, he, she, or it is hungry, is just dokewehi. And the third person, plural, they are hungry, is dokewehide. All right, so today let's just zero in on the form for the second person, plural, or y'all are hungry. Now, we learn the second person singular, you are hungry, is donikewehi. Now, if we want to say y'all are hungry, we can just say donikewehiwi. Donikewehiwi. Let's listen again to one of our short conversations. Wadajwi. Kani wahajwini. Donikewehiwi. Let's listen again. Wadajwi. Ka. Kani wahajwini. Donikewehiwi. So in this, you hear somebody asking, did y'all eat? And the response was, no, we didn't eat yet. And then someone asks, well, are you guys hungry? So it's pretty straightforward. It's a pattern you will hear over and over again. And it's just when you make second person plural form of verbs or the y'all form, you just add the suffix we to the second person singular form, the you form. So we saw that in our word waduch, and we see and hear it again with dokewehi. And that's a pattern that you can expect to see with all verbs. Okay, so I'm keeping the language section very short today. All we went over was a second person plural form, which is donikewehiwi. Y'all are hungry. Okay, so now let's get into our bonus section. Why do we say goodbye? Now, this sounds like this could be the start of some really poignant and emotional discussion of the finiteness of the human experience, but what I actually mean is the words themselves. Where does the phrase goodbye come from, and what does it actually mean? I mean, we say goodbye when we are taking leave of each other. Sometimes we shorten it to just bye, and sometimes we take that shortened version and we reduplicate it and say bye-bye. We've heard numerous movies that Native American languages don't have a word for goodbye. And you may have heard that Ho-Chunk does not have a word for goodbye either, which is true. 
But if you were asked to define what the phrase means, what would you say? Now, if you look it up, you'll find that goodbye and its variants are generally just a way to wish someone well when you are parting, a way to end a conversation or an interaction. So what is a bye? And what's good about it? Is there a bad bye? Is there just a normal bye? Where does this come from? In order to figure this out, we have to go back hundreds and hundreds of years into the past. See, in the 1500s, a very common thing people said to each other when they were taking leave was, God be with ye. Now, I know I'm probably pronouncing that just a bit off because English has changed much since then, but that was the basic phrase, God be with ye. Now, speakers of every language are always seeking efficiencies. We constantly contract things to make them shorter and easier to say while preserving the meaning, for the most part. We still do this today. Instead of cannot, we say can't. Instead of they will, we say they'll. Instead of you guys or you all, people in the South say y'all. And instead of isn't it, people from the mission say in it. Anyway, back to our history discussion. So midway through the 16th century, an abbreviation of God be with ye began to surface, and people would say, God be ye. If you're used to hearing God be with ye, this makes total sense, and you still understand the original meaning. But over time, as new generations were born, they started to hear only the phrase, God be ye, and they lost its association with the original God be with ye. Now, these speakers noticed that God be ye, sounded an awful lot like greetings they commonly used. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. These were all entrenched in the vernacular, and people, all subconsciously, started to say good buiyi instead of god buiyi. And very soon, the pronunciation became the goodbye, which we all know today. Now, this is an example of language change, which we talked about in an earlier episode. Original meanings are oftentimes blanched and replaced with something else, sometimes something completely different, and abbreviations, and in this case a complete word change, can become the new form relatively quickly. Now, things like this happen in all languages. Anyone who has worked with our native speakers of Ho-Chunk know they will shorten things when they're using their everyday speech. It can be hard sometimes to pick up what they're saying until you get a better understanding of the language and learn what to listen for. Now, are there instances in Ho-Chunk similar to the goodbye story, where an abbreviation has completely replaced an older form and has even changed the original meaning? I would say almost certainly, but it's difficult to find because our language doesn't have as long of a written record as other languages. But we are seeing the process in action with words like chagai kiske. Now, chagai kiske means a quarter, the coin, not the fraction. This is pretty much the accepted term for that part of currency. And if you say it, most people will say it means quarter. But does it mean something else? Why don't we take a look at this one? Now, the concept of currency was fairly new to Ho-Chunks after contact, at least in this form. Ho-Chunks and many, many other Native Americans engaged in massive and highly sophisticated trade networks prior to European arrival. So economic activity and the concept of value was definitely not foreign, but the introduction of this type of currency was fairly new to Ho-Chunks. Now, there were different types of currency, but eventually we got to what we have today, the dollar and its components, the 50 cent piece, quarter, dimes, nickel, etc. 
So Ho-Chunks came up with names for all these. Now, in some cases, they just said what something was. Judah for a dollar. Judah Shooch for a penny, which literally means red money. But for others, they use the concept of value. So when Ho-Chunks talk about what something costs, they talk about what something is worth or what its value is equal to. Now, the word for cost is hikiske, which literally means the same as or equal to. So when they talk about a dime, they said, why skup hikiske, or literally the same as a loaf of bread. This word came into use at a time when bread cost 10 cents, and so that's what Ho-Chunks would call a dime. A nickel is often called horachka hikiske, or horachka hikiske. It's a word that came into use at a time when a drink would just cost five cents. So that's what they called a nickel. So now a quarter is called a chagai kiske. Chagai kiske. This one is a little bit harder to work out. You can kind of hear hikiske in there, but the rest of it is a little bit more difficult to parse out if you're not a native speaker and you don't have knowledge of where the word originally comes from. Now, trapping remained a major economic activity for many Ho-Chunks up until the last century, and there are still some who engage rather heavily in this activity. Muskrats, in addition to being a Ho-Chunk delicacy, also have a very valuable pelt, which was and still is today sold. The word for quarter came about at a time when a muskrat hide was worth about 25 cents. Now, the word for muskrat is wechawak, and the word for hide is ha. And so the word for quarter was wechawak ha hikiske. Now, over time, this word kept being abbreviated. It went from wechawak ha hikiske to wechawak ha hikiske to chagai kiske. And you can hear that form of the word has changed a great deal through abbreviation. Now, our speakers are still very well aware of where this word comes from, partly because they're speakers, but also because they all come from a time when trapping was still a major part of everyday life for them. However, as fewer and fewer Ho-Chunks engage in trapping, and considering muskrat hides are worth much more than a quarter these days, you can see how in time the original meaning may eventually be blanched away. And eventually we would only know chagai kiske as a word for quarter without knowing the history behind it. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and a little bit of extra material. Remember that we only have one more show this week, and then we will be taking a break until the new year. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at huangchete at gmail.com. That's H-U-U-W-A-X-E-T-E at gmail.com. Egon kira, anaina hkoina wa iniginabuid, irakikara unwiaje.